Let's consider the parables that Jesus presented, those you just heard in the gospel, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be seated, please. A twofer. And we get another twofer this morning. Two parables for the price of one. Well, actually, there's no price at all. When Jesus spoke, whatever he gave, he gave freely. And these two parables are no exception. Pivotal parables. In other words, as we've seen so many times over and over again, they're central, they're very important to who he was and what he did. An old patch, I'm I'm sorry, a new patch on an old garment was one of those parables. And new wine skin, new wine for old wineskins, the second one. Neither one works, does it? A new patch on an old garment doesn't quite make it, nor does new wine in an old wineskin. Let's stick with the wine, okay? I mean, the parable about the wine. We need to be careful, as we do with all of Jesus' parables. We need to be careful we get the point, the point that he's trying to make. And let me tell you, that's not always the case. And as a matter of fact, like people do with the Scripture, it's often misread in their minds. For example, I titled this message, Out with the Old, In with the New. And some people would take that and generalize it to everything. While it is in some ways reflective of the parables, some people generalize it really to advance what they think. For existence, the new thinking, so-called, is to accept the terminating of a life in the womb as an issue of health, new and old, or the new thinking that somehow, some way, teachers know better than parents. Used to be parents, now there's that new thought that teachers know better. Or, or maybe it's Disney knows better what to teach, how to teach your children, and parents should step back because that really is the old way. Or the new way of thinking is that gender, well, gender is fluid. It's whatever you want your gender to be. It's not the old way, binary, male and female, like the Lord and his scriptures teach. Or, or finally, but there's more, the new way that government can and should and will meet all your needs, rather than the old way of us helping each other have our needs met. Jesus doesn't give us parables to be able to explain things like our new thinking. He doesn't give parables or any of his kind of teaching to make general principles to apply across the board about all kinds of thinking. God values a different kind of new thinking to get into our hearts, to get into our minds. And here is the point. And the the point really needs to begin with what is surrounding Jesus' parables this morning. 
Jesus told these parables, first of all, to the Pharisees. God-fearing people, although sometimes misunderstanding, sometimes, even often, getting off the point of what God's message was all about and kind of substituting their ways, old ways of understanding God. And what Jesus was telling them is what their old ways were all about just weren't adequate to receive the new message of God's love in Jesus Christ. Their ways were incompatible, their old ways, with the new ways of Jesus. And we can see that time and again throughout the scriptures. The Pharisees were stuck on laws, the legal understanding of what God was all about. He gave plenty of laws, plenty of dictates of what to do and what not to do. And the Pharisees hung on to those. And when they heard and saw Jesus, it didn't add up. Because Jesus was bringing a new dimension to God's rule among people, his love. And it just didn't fit. The two were incompatible. How the then religious leaders just began to miss what Jesus was all about. And, and their malady gives us opportunity to think about our problem with this. And on the one hand, there, there's really two aspects to that. And one is how people today outside the Christian faith look at what is old and what is new. And the two are incompatible just as they were a long time ago. People look and listen to Jesus and what is in their mind just doesn't match up with the newness, with the revolutionary newness that Jesus brought to the world. Now, we can't expect non-Christians to understand Jesus and the radical nature of what he brought in terms of God's love. But that may be one thing, but we Christians, we too have our misunderstandings. Or shall I say, we have our biases. In other words, we live in life with a framework of how things fit together, of how things should be. And we begin to think that we have God figured out. And by doing so, sometimes those old ways that we live with, that we hear, that we learn, just aren't adequate to embrace Jesus. They find, we find, listening to Jesus, that they're incompatible. And you know what? That old thinking, whether it's from outside or inside the faith, it rubs off. It rubs off on you and me because we are basically hearing it all the time as opposed to hearing God's word, to looking at Jesus, to hearing Jesus all the time. The two are not in balance and so we can even easily get off track and find that the way we're looking at things really incompatible the molds we have just don't fit. So what do we do? What do we do with Jesus' parables? It makes us stop, doesn't it? It makes us think. And it leads us to, to evaluate just where are we coming from? 
And how are we looking? How are we hearing what Jesus has done, what he comes to bring in terms of God? We need to understand, first of all, that when God said, my ways are not your ways, that our antenna need to pop up and help us understand that we need to look with fresh eyes at what God has done in Jesus. He's the new wine, and we don't want to be the old wineskins so that when he pours his love to us, that it leaks, that it just explodes like new wine in old wineskins does. His ways, God's, Jesus, go against the flow. For instance, God has said, love your enemies. And what even we Christians are inclined to do is not love our enemies, but get even with them, to treat them as they treat us. And Jesus said, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Don't get even, don't treat them. And you know how that golden rule of Jesus is, is twisted? He said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Not do unto others like they're doing to you. Jesus said, turn the other cheek. And sometimes that just misses. It doesn't connect too often. And we instead don't turn the other cheek. But we take maybe one on the chin and then we retaliate. Or Jesus said, the greatest among you must be your servant. And how often do we elevate the role of service in our lives? Sometimes it's power, it's influence, it's what we possess. These things happen again and again. Jesus said, if you love your life, you're going to lose it. And what do we do so often? We say the words, we hear the words, but we act in different kinds of ways. Deny yourself, Jesus said. Take up your cross and follow me. I mean, every one of these is a sermon. Every one of these is, is a part of Jesus' parable, to be sure. Out with the old way of thinking, with the old wineskins, and let Jesus, his new wine, his new perspective, fill us and change us. And here's the crunch. While we can talk about these things and see the, the conflict, there's a natural resistance that's still within us. There's a natural resistance to God's love in Jesus and his ways. In fact, the very end of the parable, I'll get to that in a little bit, begins to state the very opposite. And if you caught it, it begins to say, you know, I really like the old ways better than the new ways. A sarcastic statement, really, if you get down to it. But instead, Jesus said, I make everything new. He's quoted in Revelation chapter 21 as saying that. And it, it refers to heaven, everything brand new. But it also applies to right now, right here, as he makes us new. In Romans chapter 7, it says this in verse 6. We have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. That was the problem of the Pharisees, as I mentioned. Living life of faith with the old written code of laws 
But here, Paul writes the truth of God, the new way of the Spirit. Because as we heard in this morning's reading, Paul to the Corinthians, the old has gone, the new has come. We are a new creation through our connection to God through Jesus Christ. Do you remember what what Jesus said to Nicodemus, who wanted to get connected to God in his rule? He said to Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. You've got to get a brand new start. And that's what God gives. Jesus said it to Nicodemus, born of water in the spirit. Nicodemus thought about going back to mom and starting all over again. Jesus said, no, you got to be born again of water in the spirit, holy baptism. And it was the same St. Paul, a chapter earlier in chapter six, who said we were buried with Christ by baptism into death to die so that as Christ rose, we too will rise to newness of life. Among the many things, that's what baptism does. And what this means and what we experience is that there's a war going on within us each and every day. A war between the old way of thinking and the new Jesus kind of thinking. We hear Jesus, but Satan is tapping on our shoulder to undermine, to deceive, to blur, and do all kinds of things to get us back to the old way of thinking. And you realize, of course, Satan doesn't have much work to do before we come to faith in Jesus Christ. We already belong to him. But once we hold to God and his new ways in Jesus, that's when the devil really goes to work. And that's why you and I find a warfare going on within us between those old and new ways. Jesus' new wine goes to the heart. The old ways are laws, the rules like the Pharisees looked at that try to change us from out here and move inward. God works opposite. And that's so often the case. Jesus' newness turns in things upside down, inside out. And he, he captures the heart first and works outward to behavior and to following how he lays things out. It takes faith. Faith to look, to listen, and to follow even closely. It takes a lot in that warfare it takes a lot to be strengthened in God. So, so how do we do that? How does that happen? With some very practical, easy ways. And first of all, it's to embrace Jesus in faith. It happened once, yeah, but it needs to happen afresh each and every day. To open our arms and to receive him again every day and to understand that he's calling us to follow today, again, totally. He's the truth, the way, the life. Commit to him each and every day as we embrace him. But also to remember our baptism. It happened where we were born again of water and the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and not just to remember it as something of the past, to lay hold of it today, each day, as that new wine of God 
in Jesus in our life. And, and then to understand that sure, we're not going to be able to do things rightly. Our, our vision can get blurred about old and new and what really what is what. But to recognize our failures as we look to Jesus and then to repent and find the forgiveness that God gives again and again to restore us, to get us back to drinking the new wine and to renew that mind. It's God who renews it. We see it on the wall around here. We see it from Romans chapter 12 as we read and hear it to have a brand new mind by the working of the Holy Spirit. That's where it starts again, inside out, that we read and listen to God's word. That's where God renews, as well as at the table of the Lord, to change us again and again, to pull away from the old and to embrace the new in Jesus. And then to be able to act, to put into motion, to put into practice that newness in our life. That's ultimately what this is all about. Have you caught it? Jesus is the new wine. Jesus is what our faith is all about, to look to him, to listen to him, to be renewed in him and his ways. By nature, that's not what happens, that warfare within, but Jesus changes. He breaks those old wineskins with the new wine that he came to bring himself. We may get old, we may leak, like I showed the children, but Jesus is there to give us a new heart, even day by day. Then we are not gonna say what the final verse of today's gospel reading was all about. That's a puzzling statement, but when we understand it as ironic, it is important and helpful. No one after drinking old wine wants the new, for they say the old is better. That's sarcastic. We don't think the old way of living, of looking at things is better. No, not at all. It's the new wine we drink, enjoy, and by that new wine live. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen because this is true, and to remember its truth. We speak of our faith today, the Nicene Creed. Let's stand, let's make it our own as we say it together.